Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined. It's a discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley and this is the 531st show of ROI. Our noted guest today is Emily Gardner, tour guide who is going to talk to us about the Lake Geneva Ghost Tour. Joining us in the second segment of the show are history buffs Jay Swords and Terry Toppler. To begin with, welcome to the show, Emily. Oh, awesome. I'm excited to be here. All right. You prefer to go by Mo, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a, a long-standing nickname. <laughs> okay, Mo it is. That works with us. Okay, uh, this is the first segment of our show, which uh, we give our listeners. It's referred to as Farouk Tanaran. And we focus on today's subject of the show. So, Mo, can you start us off with some of the what le- led to the creation of the Lake Geneva Ghost Tour? Honestly, like uh, it, it's put it's put together by um, American Ghost Walks, owned by an amazing gentleman who uh, he just was looking into creating. Uh, a historical ghost tour for the city of Lake Geneva. When he was putting together his research, he realized just how weird the town is. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's been going on for about six years now. So, I mean, clearly we're weird enough to keep visiting. Well, I must admit, uh, when our producer told us about this, I was kind of a little bit caught off guard because my relatives are from Evanston and uh, Geneva has always been in the past place where Chicago money went to be with other wealthy folk. And then when Dave said that, Oh yeah, they have this great ghost tour there. uh, We were like, Oh, okay. That would be cool. So why don't you tell our listeners how the tour kind of works in? Because I've never been to Geneva before, but our um, the history buffs who will be on the show later have been there, and obviously so is our producer. Um, why don't you tell us how it works within the town itself? Yeah, so basically what happens is that uh, people, we meet at nighttime, obviously. It's the spook- spookiest time. Uh, so you meet at nighttime where we literally meet in a park underneath a single street lamp, you know, got to set the mood right. And it's a a lovely about mile-long walking tour, and we take people to different historical sites within downtown Lake Geneva. We walk around for about 90 minutes, and we give people a lot of really great history about the city of Lake Geneva, but then we also include uh, different, um, you know, we've had history of, you know, boat accidents and drownings on the lake. And we also have a lot of Potawatomi folklore that we talk about, stories about lake monsters. We have different ghost spirits that are said to return to different parts of the areas. We talk about poltergeists. We talk about our possible, uh, you know, connections to the mob and the mafia. We we talk about insane asylums. We talk about Victorian history. And uh, you get to see some really beautiful, truly historical locations that have been around for at least like 138 years. And we always ended the beautiful mansion, Maxwell Mansion, that was the first one that was built by uh, Philip Maxwell. So we always end there, and we encourage people to go in. There's a speakeasy bar in the basement. There's another bar on the main level because it's Wisconsin. And (laughs) we just... 
always uh, have people enjoy enjoy getting to walk through the actual history that's in town. I see your logic because honestly, in a comical but truthful sense for me, if they had the bars at the beginning of the ghost tour, I don't think I'd ever go on the ghost tour. I would have stayed there. But I can see why you have it in the end. <laughs> yeah. Now, you have mentioned the town had sanitariums. Uh, why don't you give our listeners that? Because I must admit, I never heard of it. I always heard it's Geneva is one word. Lake Geneva is one word. Money. And to have that there is kind of an interesting twist. I've never heard much about that. Yeah, well, I mean, um, sanitariums were a, a huge thing back in the Victorian era, for sure. But I think most people, when they think of a sanitarium, they think of bedlam. You know, they're they're, they're thinking of something that's not very nice. Um, they're they're thinking of something that's just a true torture, and that that's what you get with a state-run facility. Uh, but in the city of Lake Geneva, because we had such deep pockets around the lake, we had for-profit sanitariums. So they were run a little differently. They were kind of like a, they're kind of like bed and breakfast almost. They looked like single-style, you know, Victorian family homes from the outside, but inside they were every room was rented out to to a patient that was receiving care of some kind. Some of them are kind of like what you would assume were celebrity rehab facilities for you know getting rest and relaxation, and other ones there was actual treatment happening inside. It just was a kind of kind of depended on the, the type of treatment you needed at the time. But they were all uh, set up in the, the lovely town of Lake Geneva. Sure. I mean, definitely works. All right, we have a lot more to talk about, so please stay tuned to the next segment of our show. This is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. times of joy, in moments of grief, broadcasters come through even when all else fails. Today, with more ways than ever to experience the moments that transform our lives, Americans still choose broadcast radio and television more than all other media combined. We are the local broadcasters of radio and television, reaching more people, touching more lives. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through discussion of books, journal articles, papers, presentations, and tours. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the second segment of our show, referred to as Farouk Dinarin and, oh, excuse me, The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today is Miss Mo Gardner tour guide and we'll be talking about the lake geneva ghost tour our history buffs for today are jay swords and terry toppler and jay why don't you start us off mo i'm always uh fascinated when i go on ghost tours the the coolest part for me is always the folk mythology so can you talk a little bit about the native american uh folk tales that that have developed around or or popped up around lake geneva that you can include in the tour give me a couple of them anyway yeah, so um, actually on the tour, we do actually discuss um, the Potawatomi, the Potawatomi people, um, just because, you know, unfortunately in today's day and age, we only have what tangible evidence that we can attain about indigenous cultures and life back then because it's all been washed away or, or, or taken away. So uh, we like to make sure that people know who came before the Victorians on the tour to know who truly had this land first. 
And um, actually, when we go to one of our locations on the tour, we talk about how there used to be two large burial effigies that were actually where the, the park that's there now stands. And uh, one was like a giant thunderbird, um, and the other one was shaped kind of like a salamander. And they were there before the Potawatomi even came to Lake Geneva. They were built by a civilization, civilization before them. We don't even know where they came from. But the Potawatomi believed in the Thunderbird, and they, they took the salamander to be something like a, like their, their water panther spirit, uh, Mishu Peshu. So they believed that every great body of water had a water spirit that lived in the depths of the lake. And so they, they would say that it was the water panther that lived in the lake, because it's the second largest uh, spring-fed lake in Wisconsin is Geneva Lake. And so they said that there's a, a mighty water panther that, that resides in the depths of the lake and that if you are to swim or row your boat across it, then its mighty paw will come up and swipe you down. And so we, we explain that it, it probably is not true. You know, we've never seen a water panther. But that's not to say there might not be one there. We, we like to say that these were probably used as cautionary tales back in the day because, you know, the Potawatomi used their gods to rationalize things around them. And that's also why they explained the Thunderbird as well, which was the object depicted on the ground, which uh, they said that the Thunderbird would come out from the heavens and it would actually battle for dominance over the lake with the the water spirits. And uh, they would fight at a place called Conference Point, which is actually a point of reference still on the Geneva Lake map. It's not named after a conference center. It's named after the conference of these two mythological beasts battling it out over the lake. And they, they use these... Uh, battles to explain why weird meteorological events would happen over the lake, like like odd thunderstorms just come out of nowhere and then disappear without a trace. So it's uh, it, it's really interesting, and we like to really have people understand who came before and to, to keep telling their story. Terry. Yes. Uh, Mo, you mentioned about famous families that came from Chicago um, and used Lake Geneva as a summer resort. And you talked about ending the tour at Maxwell Mansion. Is there something special that happened there that you can talk about, or maybe one of the other mansions, particular hauntings or unusual events? So I will say that, like, uh, in in terms of unusual events, usually, so the historical mansions that we stop at on the tour, we have uh, we have the historic Baker House, and then we have Maxwell Mansion, and I. I tend to see more activity myself as a tour uh, at, at the historic Baker House. It's usually where people get the best photos or the best videos. And I've actually had uh, guests in to, to us pictures of it. Um, it's literally on, like, the second-story window, and it's this kind of, like, dissipated, gray-looking woman who's looking out the window. Like, you can see the hair piled on top of her head like a bunch. She's clearly wearing some kind of dress. And she's just looking out the window. And it's weird because the picture was part of a photo verse of like 25 photos and she's only in like three frames. So it was kind of creepy when I saw it, but it, it's really cool. And we've had uh, another tour guide who she's had um, on a private tour, all the doors and windows opened at the exact same time when she stepped onto the property and her whole tour saw it. And yeah, I, we always talk about how ghosts at Baker House like when we talk about them. They open the windows or they, they come to the window to hear their stories again okay so this is pretty much a 90 minute tour uh when you give a tour out at night uh and i'm sure as halloween comes more close to the date uh the numbers get larger but what is you would say the average number of people that attend the tour so 
Average number, I mean, right now, I mean, I can tell you I've got some tours that are sold out already. Like, usually our max capacity is 30, and we'll we'll push it to 40 people. And sometimes we'll add on a second, like, late-night tour on different days. So, like, Friday the 13th, we have two different tours going on. Of course. 7.30 and 9 o'clock. So, you gotta you got to ride on the Friday the 13th. Um, but average, I would say at least like 20. Okay. On the 13th, are you just going to have some built scary guy with like a hockey mask on just to kind of <laughs> give it that little twist? I mean, you might get in problems for copyright, but you know what the heck? He happened to be just walking down the street with it on. Well, I, well, I mean, we don't really need anyone else oddly dressed on the tour. My, my <laughs> other, uh, we call ourselves ghost hosts. My other ghost hosts and I, we do dress up like Victorian women and give the tour. So oh, wow. We're already quite odd. That <laughs> like would be cool. Will, will Have Jason dress like, up oh, as a Victorian guy. There we go. But that sounds great. Jay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what would you say is the, the most um, frightening event that you guys talking about uh, um, that you guys talk about on the tour is it a a haunting is it a murder what what's really the 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 most uh, the juiciest story that you can that you can talk about see i i personally feel like the one of the juiciest stories to me is actually um the woman in white that we talk about uh, so i mean in supernatural studies they say that a woman in white is usually you know a woman who has died before her time she's usually died tragically and she shows up as an omen of death and if you don't heed her warning you'll usually befall the same fate she did and uh we we believe that her spirit is actually the cause of a boating accident that happened out on the lake which we still have to this day we still have boating accidents and people who drown out on the lake you know every year so i feel like that's the the most thrilling story because it could still happen today and, and people people usually get really quiet as we talk about it. Okay. Terry. Yeah, so you mentioned this was a 90-minute walking tour. So is this a, a gentle walk, or can people who maybe have disabilities be able to walk this tour? So we have had some people who have had some, some disabilities on the tour. Uh, we've had uh, motorized chairs and, and things. Um, we've had people with canes. We, we try to go at a steady pace, but we also do let people know that, you know, it, it is a 90 minute tour we try to you know we can extend it a little bit if we have to but most people know that if they can't make it 90 minutes walking it's just not a tour for them so they it's it's plainly listed but we try to be as as a disability friendly as we possibly can okay um asking for possible personal experiences from you and you don't have to mention names but um, when you have given this tour, how many years have you done it? Has and has there been an instance where you had someone on the tour do a almighty freak out because being that scared or nervous or that they kind of lose it? So um, this is actually my first season doing the tours as an actual official guide. I have been on the tour before. My other tour guide is one of my best friends on the planet. But she was like, no, you should do it this year with me. Be my customer guide. So I fine, I'll do it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, my favorite thing ever is when we get to 731 West Main Street and we talk about the poltergeist. And people just, people get freaked out when they hear about the poltergeist. And it's my favorite thing ever. Like, they're like, oh, my gosh, what? And sometimes there'll be lights flickering behind us. and like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. And, and that's the place where, where people kind of, 
it's supposed to be a lighthearted story. Uh, it's, it's more like a path cleanser before we get to the, the two big mansions, and people people lose it each time we get there when we talk about the poltergeist that haunts the building. Like, it's the scared little girl, and she'll stare at you when you sleep. You know, it's always so... It's always so fun, especially when we got bachelorette parties on the tour. They're just, they're just fun no matter what. Okay. Jay. Mo, I'm, I'm interested in how the, you know, you as a tour director, uh, as a tour guide, um, what's, what do you see as your job? Is your job to, you know, to, to be, because I know you have a theater background, to, to sort of think theatricize what's going on to kind of play with the uh with the the crowd that you're that you're uh, escorting around do you see yourself as more historian that you know i'm just passing on this information um how do you approach being a tour guide for a ghost tour so i i feel like having the microphone pack really helps me a lot to project my voice i feel like i feel more official with the microphone um but also the costume helps just kind of you from yourself and and putting on a different layer like a mask so you are just officially a tour guide um i always like to tell people that i'm excited to nerd out with them because first and foremost i absolutely just love the history of the town because most people don't know much about it especially when we talk about the insane asylums and the potawatomi and just everything that's happened in town um but then when you get to the ghost and, and the spooky things that have happened you you do rely on your theater background too um, not over embellish, but to just feed off the energy of the crowd to know if you can lean into the scary or if you should pull back because each crowd is going to be a little different. Some of them are there to be scared. Some of them are there to about the town they maybe just moved to. So you, you kind of have to riff off of your crowd a little bit and feed off of their energy. But first and foremost, I always like to um, present the facts and history, and then I like to scare them a little. <laughs> Okay, did you say that you wanted to nerd out a little bit? Did I hear you actually say that? Yes, I do. I'm quite a nerd. <laughs> well, you're surrounded by them here, so. Oh, Terry. I, I'm like, hi, I'm your Victorian ghost host. Ignore all of my Star Wars tattoos. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's they didn't have those in Victorian <laughs> era? Oh, yes. I talk about how all the Victorians wanted to build their Barbie dream house out on the lake. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> So, Mo, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the famous residents, the people that had those beautiful mansions on the lake? And and are those mansions today, are they private homes? Are they public museums? Or do, and, and if oh, they yeah, are private homes, yeah. well, do people still um, see sightings? Yeah. So it's kind of, I, I kind of think it's kind of sad because a lot of these, these ginormous mansions that are there, they're still privately owned by the families that have either originally moved or they've been sold to, to large you know, investors or people have a lot of money. Like uh, last year, I believe the the man the mansion that sold was like thirty nine million dollars, and we have still yet to see somebody move into the property or do something with it in over a year. So it's it's kind of sad. They kind of lay vacant for most of the year. I mean, even back in the Victorian times, the Chicago residents would maybe spend like like two weeks, maybe a month there, and then they would go back to Chicago before the winter. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of these homes are large, but you don't really see a lot of use out of them, um, but they are very beautiful on the lakes. Whenever there are lake tours on boats and things like that, people love to, to view them. The grounds are always kept meticulous and tidy. Uh, but I feel like for me, my, my favorite famous family that we always talk about on the tour 
the Sturgis family. Um, and we particularly talk about Mary D. Sturgis just because she literally was an incredible woman. She gave back so much to the town of Lake Geneva and also to the town of Chicago. Um, I mean, she's got her own uh, hallway in the Field Museum, the Mary D. Sturgis hallway. Mm-hmm. And there's so many historical placards in downtown Lake Geneva that hold her name. Like she did it pipe organs to every church in town. She's the reason that we have our public library. She's the reason we have a public beach and a public park. Um, she's just, she was an incredible woman and incredibly forward thinking for her time. Okay. And, and it's just amazing what she did. I'm hoping that when her ghost shows up, you can send her. We'd love to have her on ROI. Um, <laughs> it is customary for us to give our last word, our guests the last word on the show. Why do you think knowing about ghosts of Lake Geneva is relevant in today's world, Mo. I think it's relevant because, you know, there, there's more than just ghosts in Lake Geneva. There's there's ghosts in history in every hometown. I think we owe it to ourselves to do some research and see who came before us so we can appreciate that and appreciate the here and now so that by the time we're long gone, someone else will, will look back and be like, oh my gosh, this person was here. This is that. And they can appreciate what came before them. I think it's just we need to know about our history so that we can support our future and enjoy our present. Okay. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, so please stay tuned. This is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. You're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the Metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. When severe weather threatens the Quad City region, no matter what time of the year it is, we will notify you immediately when weather warnings and watches are issued. Not every radio station and TV station does this in the Quad City area, but we do. Keep your family safe and informed by keeping your radio locked to KALA.
88.5 FM from St. Ambrose University, KALA Davenport, Quad Cities. Tune in to KALA and hear something different. Programming that celebrates the diversity of our listeners. We're advocates for the arts, showcasing your favorite music from around the world. We're storytellers, producing local news and educational podcasts. We're dedicated sports fans, bringing you the latest Fighting Bee action from St. Ambrose University. We're a learning lab, mentoring the next generation of broadcasters and content creators. A part of your community for five decades. We're KALA Radio, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM. Turn it on and turn it up. Every weekday in Topeka, third grader Linda Brown had to leave home at 7.40 a.m. to get to school by 9. She had to walk all the way across town through a railroad yard just to get there. And this infuriated her father, Oliver Brown, since another school, Sumner, was right in the neighborhood. But Linda was black, and the Sumner school was white. Oliver Brown tried in vain to register his daughter at the segregated school. He was frustrated time and again. But he was a man on a mission fueled by his faith in the Bill of Rights. He took his case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, where Brown versus the Board of Education became a civil rights landmark. On July 10, 1954, Chief Justice Earl Warren ruled that in public education, separate but equal has no place. Freedom has a name, the Bill of Rights, a public service announcement of this station and the American Bar Association. This concludes the 531st show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the song performed for tonight's show was Fugue in G Minor, created by Johann Sebastian Bach, performed by one of our former ROI guests, Dr. James Kibbe, professor of music at the University of Michigan. Uh, my name is John Keeley, and we would like to thank our noted guests, Emily Gardner, tour guide who talked with us about the Lake Geneva Ghost Tour. The history bus for today's show were Jay Swords and Terry Toppler. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotso Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night.